What's up, y'all, and welcome back to Found Bites, a game review series. My name is Brian, and I'll be your host. If you don't know about us, we're all about testing out and finding small, high-quality video games. This is a podcast that aims to respect your time and money as a gamer and a consumer by sifting through storefronts and sales to find those gems that may be worth your precious resources. If you're interested in reaching out or helping out, Check out the links in the description of each episode to access our email, Twitter, website, and YouTube channel. As another year comes to a close, we want to send out a heads up about some schedule changes taking effect in January. Instead of posting an episode each week, we'll be moving to every other week to allow myself and the show to breathe a little bit. But our Tales and Sales episodes will still be falling into one of the off weeks each month, so the frequency of those won't be changing. Also, we are hoping to publish more Spotlight episodes during those down weeks as the year moves on, but not just ones with developers, potentially any industry people, but also some conversations with fellow gamers. So stay tuned. But enough about the show. Let's get into our next game. West of Dead is the game for this week's episode. West of Dead is a twin-stick roguelike shooter, and definitely see some similarities with other roguelikes we've talked about, like Skull the Hero Slayer, Hades, as well as Returnal. That was on PS5, so a lot of similarities just with the genre in general. The game was originally released in June of 2020 on PC and Xbox One, and I believe it came to Game Pass on day one, but has since left. In August of 2020, it also came to PS4 and Switch. The game was developed by Upstream Arcade, which is a small team from the UK, and apparently they're a group of people that uh, all used to work on Fable, or at least most of them, on the Fable franchise, so uh, really interesting to see that connection. And this is their second game, I believe. Their first one was Deadbeat Heroes, which I have not played or seen, but now they're working on a Hellboy game, which I think was announced uh, a couple years ago or something like that. The game was published by Raw Fury, and they're an indie publisher. We've seen them specifically because they published Dandara, which is a really great game. And if you remember, if you listen to our interview with Joao from Long Hat House, he talked about the relationship that they have with Raw Fury is a really good one. So shout out to Raw Fury for publishing indie games. The game also had DLC on launch. It was called The Crow, and you could also get it as a bundle with the game in the Path of the Crow edition. The game had a physical release through Limited Run and PM Studios, kind of a collaboration there, so it wasn't one of the numbered Limited Run games. That was with the Path of the Crow edition, and they did that on PS4 and Switch, and I believe that was announced May of 2021. The game released with an MSRP of $19.99, that Crow DLC I think was $2.99, and then the combination Path of the Crow Edition was $20.99, so just for an extra buck you could get that Crow DLC. And then the limited run physical editions were available for $34.99, they are long since sold out. 
The game has a platinum trophy for our PlayStation listeners. It says that only about 0.9% have gotten it, and I'm looking at the trophies, and they're really not that difficult. It's just a matter of continuing to play the game. So if you're interested in that, I think you could definitely get it. Runtime of the game, if you're really good, if you're not dying too much, and I feel like I'm actually progressing pretty well. Apparently you can get through just the main story in about 8 to 10 hours, but if you keep going back, if you keep dying, getting into loops, unlocking different weapons, really trying to get that platinum trophy, it could definitely take you over 20, maybe over 25 hours. So me, I did buy the Path of the Crow edition on PSN for $13.64. I saw it on sale. I've put in close to 10 hours at this point. And just an FYI, I don't really see what the Crow DLC is giving me. I know there are a couple areas that I think are like extra or optional or more challenge. But apparently, from what I've reading, the Crow DLC just adds like a Crow NPC that you can see kind of flying around in the game. But I don't know if it really adds anything to the game. And in terms of recommendation, I had not seen or heard of this game in any announcements or in anyone talking about it. I just consistently saw it on sale, and I really like the aesthetic, uh, sort of that dark and light play, and your main character has like a flaming skull. Uh, so really interesting, so I decided to finally take a dive. Let's talk gameplay for West of Dead. So this is a roguelike or roguelite. It has kind of elements that dip it in both. I guess that would constitute it as more as a roguelite. Naming aside, the basic tenets of this genre are going to be at play here. So you're going to die and you're going to have to start over kind of at square one. And then anytime you're starting over, you're going to do a run. So that language is, is definitely going to be relevant and it's basically go as far as you can. And a lot of the things that you can do along the way are going to unlock different available items or guns, putting them in to the pool sort of but there is some permanence that's a little more tangible so your health flask you will have a health flask and you can upgrade it and that will be available as soon as you die and start a new run um, you will unlock sort of traversal items or mechanics that allow you to access different things in levels whether it's like items or shortcuts to further long levels and there is some permanence with the bosses because when you beat a boss you won't have to fight it again in that area but it will get replaced by something in a sense so let's just talk some of the basics perspective wise this is a top-down isometric view you don't control the camera but basically you're going to be moving your character around and you're going to aim with the other stick so this is a twin stick shooter so if you're playing on pretty much any controller, the left stick is going to move your character and the right stick is going to move where you're aiming and there'll be an indicator for how to track that. Your character will have a dodge roll and this button can be used in different things depending on the context. You can use it to kind of vault over something like a box or some kind of obstruction. But what's going to be a big thing about this game is that this is a cover shooter. And so when you go into cover, you can use that same button to kind of swap cover or go around the corner of the object that you're hiding behind 
behind as well as vault over it if you're in cover. Cover is interesting in this game. So it is similar to uh, other games that you may have played. Not so much tactical, but just sort of the action aspect. So when you walk up to something that you can stand behind, like you'll immediately go into cover. You don't need to like press a button to go into cover. And then as you're within that cover, like you can walk back and forth like on a side of something you're covering behind, but it's like a slower walk, like you're crouched. And this can get a little annoying. Like if you're trying to just like progress through an area or walk through a room that doesn't have enemies, like if you get near something that you can cover, like a box, you'll automatically go into that slow kind of crouch. So you get used to it over time. Also, you'll be talking with other characters or NPCs. You'll be interacting with things. And that same button for interacting and talking, you can hold at any point to use your health flask. It does take a little time and you actually have to stand up. So it puts you out of cover. But the main thing you're going to be dealing with is that you can equip two weapons and they'll be on your triggers. So R2 or L2 on PlayStation. And then you'll have items that you can use that kind of refresh and they'll be your R1 and L1. So each of these will have two slots. And so you'll be able to use two weapons at any time and then just point and aim and shoot. And you'll also have a melee attack, which is basically just using R2 or L2 whenever you're close to an enemy and they'll just kind of bang them with the gun to do like a short melee attack. So let's talk layout and progress of this game as you're progressing. You're going to be in these levels or areas and they are named. Basically, it's going to put you in this procedurally generated area and it's going to be hallways and rooms. So you're going to be walking through different hallways. They might branch off in different paths and then you're going to go in rooms and interact and do different things in those rooms. You will get a map of the area as you explore it, as you progress it, and then it'll kind of unclear so you'll be able to look back at where you've gone, maybe backtrack. Within the levels, there will be fast travel, which is really nice, and it doesn't take that long. It's not a big load screen, so it's something that you'll use if you like got to a room with a branching path and you went down one of them and it went pretty far and it led in a dead end. Most of the major rooms are going to have that fast travel point. So the types of rooms that you're going to come across, so the main ones are going to be rooms that have enemies in them and are going to be combat sequences, but other types of rooms that you'll come across, ones that like might just have a chest, one that'll have like an upgrade place where you can pick which upgrade to get, it's like a one-time use, and then you'll have rooms that have a shop in them, and then you'll have a room that's like the end portal of the level. And then of course, like I said, you will get these kind of special items that are good for traversal or unlocking certain types of rooms, and so within a level or area again it is procedurally generated but sometimes you might have something like a room where you go up to it and it says like you can't access this right now and it requires you to get that traversal mechanic item or whatever but let's talk specifically about combat rooms so there are three types of scenarios where you're going to be in one of these rooms one it's just a basic room with basic enemies that could be peppered throughout the room one will be like a boss type where you have to go in and fight a boss and then others will be like when you go in a room and it's an outlaw which is like a boss replacement kind of sometimes when you walk in a room with enemies it'll lock like the doors all the doors that are around like you'll be locked in you'll have to complete killing everything in there this will definitely happen in a boss room or an outlaw room but sometimes this will happen in like one of your basic enemy rooms and the proximity alert is interesting sometimes you can walk into a room even if the door does lock and if an enemy doesn't see you like you can kind of get the jump on them and get closer but sometimes it's like a proximity thing there's a weird inconsistency with this and i think it also exposed some bugginess because sometimes like I'll be shooting an enemy in the back and they just won't get alerted that I'm there. And I'm like, is this supposed to be happening? Sometimes this will happen in the middle of like an outlaw fight. This has happened a couple times where like I almost can't even aim 
but I actually just hit them with a couple melee attacks and then I kind of reset it and they aggroed me again. But some of the types of enemies you'll come across, there's a really good variety here. There are some that are shooters, some that throw things, some that are like beasts that are just going to run up to you and try to attack, and sometimes it's like big guys that are a little more complex, or maybe they throw things and shoot things, but also melee you. And you're definitely going to see like a lot of cowboys, you know, uh, we'll talk about the theme here. Enemies with guns, some throwing like dynamite or things like that. And I like that the game does a really good challenge pacing with this, because as you get into further and further levels, like there will be better combinations or enemies that'll do multiple things like they'll shoot but they can also melee you up close and there you're going to see a lot of varied refresh time on like how frequently they shoot some of them who are shooters at least in the beginning won't move some of them again as you get more advanced will kind of dodge or move or cover more and when you kill enemies there are two types of currencies that you're going to get one is called iron one is sin iron is used to basically buy things at shops better weapons and whatnot nothing that you'll be able to carry over if you die but sin is something interesting you'll be able to use that kind of in between levels to open up or unlock different weapons into your weapon pool or items or unlocking all kinds of different things the environments that you're going to come across are interesting because obviously you're going to be covering behind things so if these are just like boxes they can be destroyed so enemies will like shoot and eventually you'll see visually like the box kind of fall apart and then it'll disappear and then you have to find a new cover but sometimes there'll be like pillars in the middle of the room that you can just stand behind that you actually won't cover and crouch. The game does a really good job of like indicating when a shot is going to hit something or get blocked by something. There are other things in the rooms that you're going to interact with, like lamps and bombs. Lamps are really cool because what they do is they illuminate the area. And when we talk about the vibe, we'll talk about darkness. But when you light a lamp, it'll actually stun enemies for like a little bit. So you can come up and like hit them a bunch of times with some of your guns. The bombs are interesting because they're kind of hanging in the air and you can shoot them from afar. And when they drop, they'll explode, but they will be like a couple seconds where it'll show you like the range in a red circle of like what's going to get affected. So that's something that you can definitely use to hurt enemies. And there'll be other kinds of hazards. Like you'll in advanced levels, you'll see like elemental things on the floor or one of the levels actually has guns that are like pointing out of a window in the wall. So it's like an enemy that shoots, but you can't kill them because it's just the wall. The different weapons in the game are really cool. So it's a lot of guns and they're going to have varied ranges as well as how many rounds are in a clip and how long it takes to reload them. You'll have different types of weapons like pistols, shotguns, rifles, things like that. Um, and these are going to have different levels of accuracy and distance as well. So your shotguns are going to do a widespread and kind of not really hit past a couple feet, but some of your pistols and your rifles can hit at far range. The rifles are interesting because you actually have to hold down the trigger for accuracy. Like you'll see an indicator of like where you're aiming and these two parts are separated and then you have to hold it until they come together and then that gives you higher accuracy and higher damage. The aim stick, what it will hit, if it's gonna hit cover, this is all really good visual indicators that are pretty self-explanatory and allow you to just jump in and understand what's going on. Some of these weapons will have special traits or have status effects that they apply. As you get to deeper levels in the game, you're gonna find higher levels of the same weapons, and so you're gonna constantly be swapping them in and out. But 
the basic premise is you can hold two weapons and you're going to constantly be swapping and leaving weapons behind just like any other shooter and the same goes for the items that you can hold so you can hold two different items these are things that once you use them uh, they can apply different things or they can attack in different ways like some of these will be melee attacks some of these will be throwables some of these will buff you and then as soon as you use it like the meter will have to refresh all the way before you use it again and so these are things like a throwing axe or throwing knives or like dynamite or like a melee swipe or like use this buff to refresh or reload all of your weapons a lot quicker. Something else that you come across is a charm and this will apply passive effects to your character and there's only one slot for these. But again, as you go through, you'll swap in and out of weapons when you find better ones, items, charms, things like that. Um, you'll always be able to kind of get better versions of them. And healing in this game, so you will get a healing flask that you can use and this is like an Estus flask and it's upgradable like I said this is one of the things that will be permanent as you go through the game and also as you're going about a level like you might see flasks in the level that you can just use to heal so if you ever see one of those it's best to use that before you use your flask and some of the other rooms that you come across like I said you'll see a chest in a room and that'll be like a new item or a new weapon that you can swap out for uh, you'll see a merchant and they'll have three different items or weapons that you can buy, and that's for using your iron that you collect from enemies. And then you'll have like an upgrade kiosk that is a one-use thing, so there are three different categories of things that you can upgrade, your health, the firearm damage, or the item power and refresh. And then so every time you come to an upgrade kiosk, you can choose between any of these three. I think if you run into multiple on the same level or in the same area, it'll kind of limit, like you won't be able to do health twice or something like that. So if it doesn't show all three available, it might be because you already got that category and upgraded it in this level. I don't know the consistency of that. And eventually what you're trying to do is get to the end of the area and move on to the next area. But sometimes there will be something in your way. Most of the time there will be a boss that you have to beat. And I'm not sure of the consistency of the bosses because what area you're in might not always have a boss. The consistency of the areas and the chapters of the game is not the same because I think the first chapter is like the first two areas, the next chapter is like the next three areas or something like that. And I think that bosses are linked to the chapters. Anyway, what's really good is that once you beat a boss, you don't have to beat them again. It's like a permanent thing that you've beaten that boss. Once you beat the boss, you're able to unlock the way to the next area. And when you're in a boss fight, it's a typical combat room, except there's probably only one enemy and they'll have special abilities. They might also have guns. They might have different projectile things that they're throwing at you. It's really fast paced. It's high movement from the bosses. And these can be really tough fights. You might die on a boss and you might have to go back and fight him again. But the idea is that once you beat that boss, you kind of clear the way to the witch. And this is an interesting mechanic. Anytime you beat a boss, you're going to unlock a path that'll get you to the next area. But you have like this interstitial area that you're going to, which is the witch. And whenever you beat a boss, you will also unlock one of those traversal abilities, like those mechanics, a special item that you get called a rune. And whenever you get an item from a boss or an item from an outlaw, and we'll talk about outlaws in a second, you go back to the witch and the witch is like this isolated hub area. And basically you're going to this character and you give them whatever that 
item is. It might be a memory. And basically, this is where you start to get story context. The witch is going to interpret this memory or this item or whatever, and then you're going to kind of get a scene where you're seeing like some kind of graphic and you're hearing about whatever part of the story that you're getting into. This is also the location where you can spend the other currency, which is sin. And this is really cool because this is allowing you to unlock different weapons or items in the available pool. So you might see a list of five things and you might put your sin towards one or two of them. The goal is to put as many sin as it takes to unlock that thing. If you need like 25 sin to unlock like a smoke bomb or something like that and you only have five, you can put five into that and it'll keep track of that. So you won't, it won't reset. That's that degree of permanence that's really good. Something I highly suggest that you go at first is to upgrade that healing flask because, again, that is permanent. Anytime you die, you will still have that same healing flask and you can upgrade the amount of charges or the amount that it heals each time. What's also good when you're in this area, the witch area, is that after you do all that, you go through another door and you go into a room where you can fully heal. So this is as you're progressing through the game. If you're beating a boss and going to another area, you get a full heal of your flask and your health and then you go on to the next area. So this is really good here. And in terms of flow and pacing, like I said, you're looking to beat the boss to progress and keep going. I think there are about six or seven areas. And as you go to each consecutive one, they're going to increase the challenge and the enemy variety and also the level of the weapons and the items that you find. Like I said, a lot of these are going to be the same version of a weapon that you already have, but you're going to want the higher level one because it might do more damage. It might have more rounds or something like that. And you're also going to get these traversal abilities. Like I said, when you beat a boss, you get different abilities that will allow you to access different doors that you couldn't before that might pop up in the random generated dungeon. Sometimes this will allow you access to different levels that are higher levels. I'm not sure if these are part of the actual game or if these are optional, but one time like in the first or second level, like I had access to a door, so I opened it and it took me to the bayou or somewhere like that. And I went in and I was like, this is like level seven, like I'm getting my ass kicked. And what inevitably will happen is you will die. And when you die, you lose all your weapons, all your items, any character upgrades like health, and you will start back at the first level. And so you'll have all your stats reset. At the beginning of the first door, you'll have like two weapons that you can grab. Anything that you spent sin on stays. Whatever is added to the pool of items and weapons, that will stay. You will keep your flask upgrades, like I said. You'll keep whatever traversal items or abilities that allowed you to open specific doors, and the bosses stay dead. However, at the end of each area, you will potentially have to fight an outlaw. This is kind of a replacement for the boss. I don't know the consistency of this because as I'm going through in my ninth and 10th hour, sometimes I've gone through a level and I didn't have to fight an outlaw. Sometimes when you get to an end of a level, it'll say like progress to the next area and then you click it and then you just go right to the witch place. And then when you're done with the witch stuff, you go to the next area. And what happens is you'll actually be in an isolated area where you have to fight an outlaw. So if this is a replacement for the boss, it's not bad because you get to go to the witch and reset your health. And then you get to go back to the witch after you fight that outlaw. So I'm not sure the consistency of this, but just know that outlaws will 
start to show up in some of these levels after you've beaten the boss. And it's kind of like a similar boss fight. It's an NPC who has guns and is really fast moving and it's just them in the area. But I do like that it kind of eases the difficulty of not having to fight that same boss. And I do like that sometimes you can go to the witch and reset your health before you have to fight an outlaw. This took away the tiresome doing a new run. I never felt like I had to reclimb a mountain after a new run. So I really appreciated that. And I think that it helped me get that mentality of like, okay, I can do another run because I beat that boss and I can get through these three areas pretty quickly and nicely. Let's talk about the vibe of West of Dead. So visually, this game is so cool, so stylized, and it's really what drew me to it. So there's a lot of darkness in this game. It's very dark, and it plays on there being negative space or shadows of everything. It reminds me a lot of Darkest Dungeon, like the character models. Like, you never really see faces. You just see, like, the shadowed part. But the game itself, not just the character models, like, the whole environment also plays on this. Like, when you're walking through hallways, there are, like, dim lamps, and the space between the lamps is really dark. Anywhere outside of the hallways or the rooms, like, you can see areas outside of the hallways or the rooms, and it's just black. It's just darkness. So everything is pretty much pitch black except for when light hits something. And what's also interesting is as you're going down a hallway, again, you don't control the camera. And so if the wall of the hallway is kind of in the way, it'll disappear as you go down that hallway. But once you go into the room, it'll kind of come back. The lamp mechanic is also really interesting. It adds to the idea that there's a lot of darkness. When you go into a room with enemies and there's darkness in different corners, you can't see if there's an enemy there. And sometimes you might see a shot kind of fired out of there. So if you see a lamp around there, you definitely want to hit it because it allows you to see that enemy. But again, it also allows you to stun enemies. But the environments that you're going to see, there's a lot of greens and browns that are around. Not a lot of like popping color. The characters, the enemies, they will sometimes be blue and orange and red. You'll definitely be able to differentiate them. But you'll see a lot of like broken down wood or like grass that's green or brown when there is color it does reminisce of like a comic book or that coloring and the lines of characters like you can definitely see that but what I like about this game is the far away view you're not zoomed in on any of these characters so you're definitely not going to see faces and your character is really interesting you kind of are wearing it like a red poncho and your skull is like flaming white but apparently it's very pixelated like if you look at your character close up on the menu or something like that you'll see some pixelation but because most of it's far away it actually looks really well rendered and kind of like that comic book colored in indicators are really important in this game 
anytime there's an available interaction, you're aiming with the indicator and you're seeing what you can point to and you're seeing where your shot is gonna land if you shoot it. And that's really good if you're trying to aim for like a far away enemy. You'll see if something around that enemy pops in when you're aiming towards it, you know you're gonna hit it. Same thing as if there's like bombs hanging in the room. Even if the bomb is in the dark, you can kind of see it hovering. You'll see that option for like when your aim meter goes and like points at the bomb so you can shoot it from far away and really damage some enemies and it's also important for enemy fire you'll see when they're pointing their guns and their indicators will turn red like right before they're about to shoot so that's really good you can dodge and if you dodge at like the right time there'll be like a slow motion dodge hazards are really good in terms of being indicated like if something is on the floor you'll see a discoloration like if it's gonna burn you or something like that it'll be obvious before you have seen it for the first time as well as if you're hiding behind a box and it's being significantly damaged like you'll start to see it fall apart uh, so you know like this box doesn't have long i need to find another cover anytime anything disappears like a box that is covered behind or an item appears it kind of like poofs out of nowhere it's almost right out of modern zelda like you'll see a lot of that inspiration there in terms of audio really like the music it's very simple it's very wild west it's just blues guitar and it has so much attitude and i like that anytime you end a battle or in response to someone saying something like there'll be like a little riff that's like doo -doo -doo. that just ended like kind of tying a nice neat little bow around something and there is some voice acting for most of the characters it's minimal but for your character it is voiced by ron perlman which is really cool uh, initially i thought it was sam elliott but it's basically your character kind of narrating and it's like real like western like kind of matter of factly saying things it reminds me so much of max Payne, like as you're playing like your character is narrating themselves almost like a noir but really love the feel of ron perlman narrating this game some of the one-liners are really good it's very to the point and it has a nice little bit of humor in it and that kind of ties into what the theme and the setting is so this is the wild west and this is actually wild west purgatory so your character is dead you're roaming the west trying to like figure out what's going on try to figure out who you are or what your purpose is but it's again that sort of matter of fact attitude very stylized i love the one-liners and the feel of everything also kind of this east versus west east is like i guess the good place like where you want to go when you die but west of dead is like where you're trying to find certain people or like send them further west the idea of it being purgatory like there are spirits and some of them have unfinished business and, and mental burdens and you are sometimes trying to help people and like send their spirit east and ease their worries but there's also a lot about you and your story as you're collecting memories and like sending them back to the witch and like reading through them it's really interesting recalling the story again ron perlman is narrating it and when you get a new memory like he'll describe what is being seen in this memory and you're trying to put together the pieces of this story of this character who might be you that's like a sheriff or a lawman and then this other character the preacher who's like essentially the bad guy and there's a lot of like story of redemption or revenge or justice uh, so these words have definitely come up and I just like the way it's presented. I like the way that Ron Perlman delivers these lines. And I like the overall attitude and feel uh, that the game presents.
right, let's wrap up the conversation about West of Dead. So this is a solid roguelike. Again, not my genre. These are not typically games that I flock to. I like that it was kind of smaller and more piecemeal. Like, I think I beat the main boss of the game, although I'm pretty sure you have to beat them, like, in a specific sequence to, like, quote-unquote beat the game. But a lot about this game I really like. I like unlocking different things. I like the permanence. I definitely love a level of permanence in games like this. It makes it feel like it's not as dire or punishing than most roguelikes. Again, I'm not sure of the consistency of whether you would call it a roguelike or a roguelite, but I like the permanence in this game. I like the cover combat. It's very satisfying, jumping in and out of combat and then aiming up and just blasting somebody with a shotgun to kill them. And I like the different combos with weapons, like you can have a short range, long range, uh, some of them with the special effects. Like I really clung to the one gun that is like a pistol with six rounds in its clip, but if you shoot from behind, it does like triple damage. And then combine that with different items. I like some of the synergy you can get going. Good challenge pacing. In the fourth and fifth area, this game is tough. These regular enemies are tough. And so you really have to kind of stay on your toes. And this game has such style and vibes. I love everything about this. I love the visuals, love the music, the narration by Ron Perlman, and just the concept. You know, being in Wild West Purgatory, like, I, I just love that idea. And I feel like it's so well delivered with the guitar riffs and everything that comes along with the sound and the writing and the one-liners, the matter-of-factliness. In terms of value, I think $19.99 is a little much in terms of the MSRP. I feel like this game would sit better at $15. I paid about $13 for it. I think that's fine. I might have preferred paying less for it, especially because I've seen it on sale a lot for under $10. So if you do see it on sale for under $10, I actually think right now as a publishing, it's on sale on PlayStation and maybe on Steam. I would jump on it. This is definitely worth under $10. I think $15 is a solid price for MSRP, uh, but definitely check for this on sale. The DLC, I don't really see much consequence for it. I mean, I didn't play the game without the Crow DLC, but I don't know what it added. And everything I've read online said that it just kind of adds this Crow flying around so i would just get the main game you're not really gonna miss out much but i feel like this is a fun roguelike it's a beatable game it's digestible and it has such great vibes and so i really do recommend this game all right that's gonna wrap it up for this episode stay tuned for our next episode to see what new game we found for you